He walked all the way to Bertha to come here because he had met Sandy at our at our table of hope, and she had helped him with food at that time. And so he walked all the way in here. It's like I don't know what to do. You know, I, my car is dead in the water, and I need it. And so Jason, you know, Pastor Jason was here. He's like, "All right, we'll take care of you." You know, anybody's gonna work walk all the way from Berthoud, which how far is Berthoud? It's ten miles. It's ten miles. That's yeah. a long way to walk. Yeah. You know, to come all the way here because of the food pantry. We're like, "Well, we're gonna help you out." And we went, and got him his car fixed, and got him an alternator, and he came here to church. And you know, just his heart, the the testimony, his heart was just like overwhelmed you know so that's just one of those one of those things where it's just kind of wisdom like you know what do we do here well hey welcome to whitefields community church sermon extra great to have you with us once again this week i'm here with pastor nick katie he's pastor of whitefields community church here in longmont Colorado, and we are in our series, Equipped to Serve, and studying Paul's pastoral epistles to Timothy and to Titus. And this week, we were in chapter 5 of 1 Timothy, and uh, the sermon title was, He Made Us Family. So if you missed any of that, of course, whitefieldschurch.com, get over there and you can download it. We have an app as well, uh, Whitefields Church, just find it on, you know, I think it's on Google or um, on the app, the Apple App Store, Apple 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 App Store. Yep, there we go. So make sure you download that. You know, a lot of been, stuff's been pushed to that. You can now watch live in the app our, our services. You can also go back through our archives as well and watch as well. But of course, we're still on YouTube. We're still on Facebook, and then of course, any of your favorite podcast platforms, uh, we are there as well. So if you would rate and review. Uh, you know, do all the normal normal things. Just interact with the content. You know, we'd love to hear from you, of course. If you're watching this on YouTube, just hit that like button and, you know, notifications. And, and every time, anytime something new shows up, you will know. And then, you know, as people are just Googling these topics, you know, about what does it mean to be in the family of God, you know, what does it mean to be a widow? You know, the, some of the things that we tackled this week, you know, uh, those things are going to show up in their, you know, Google search. And so chapter five, the first 16 verses, some very interesting, like super practical things, you know, that we're talking that Paul is getting into here. And, and a lot of what he, what he talked to, you know, kind of our first question is going to be to look at just kind of the economics of the church. As I think you mentioned on Sunday morning that, you know, a church has limited resources, right? We, we, there's so many things we'd like to do, but we only have so much in our budget to accomplish the things, you know, as far as paying the rent, paying salaries, you know, what, whatever those things are. And so Paul kind of lays out for us today, you know, some of those economic, you know, things that what we should be focusing on. But I think there are, this is part of maybe a larger principle that we can maybe talk about today as far as what 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 is the church called to to do as from as their primary purpose and then as we move into the benevolence and, and, and giving to the poor and, and, and in our communities and things like that, you know, maybe just let's talk about some of those structures, priorities within all of that. Yeah, so we have a couple important guidelines and um things that we've been charged to do in the Bible. Um, first of all, you know, there are 
Uh, well, I guess I don't want to say first of all, but I'll just give a few principles. So we looked at Galatians chapter 6, which gives some important principles for relieving crushing burdens, but also encouraging people to take on the, the normal responsibilities of life. And, um, and then it says there in Galatians 6 verse 10, it says, So therefore, as you can... Uh, seek to do good to all people, but especially to the household of God. So there's, again, the idea of the household of God, the family of God, the church. Um, in addition to that, here we've got in 1 Timothy chapter 5, what we're going to be looking at this coming Sunday, starting in verse 17, he says, now make sure that you give double honor to those elders who teach in the church. And the idea, and we'll get into this, but the idea being that... Um, pastors, like what we generally call pastors, are what are often called teaching elders in the Bible. And so what that means is that uh, those people who are serving in the church, according to their usefulness to the church, they're to be paid. But he says there, give them double honor. So he had said, give the widows honor um, if they're truly widows. So not all widows, but some widows should be taken care of by the church. And then he says, but give double that same honor to those who work in the church. So, so we have a couple priorities here. One of our priorities is to do good to all people, but especially to the household of God. So we take care of our own. That's a responsibility that we have. In addition to that, we also have a responsibility to even above and beyond that double to take care of those who work in the church. And then there's the practicalities, like we see even in the Old Testament, of maintaining the church uh, in regard to not just salaries, but in regard to all the needs that come along that maybe people don't think about. You know, um, we have a copier that we pay for and we, we print out things. We have different services. You know, there's obviously utilities involved in all of these things as well, providing communion elements. I mean, these are all regular costs. That's a, that's a priority for the church's resources. But I think, of course, in addition to that, what is the purpose of the church? Paul has said that we're the bulwark of truth, right? It's a bastion of truth. In addition to that, we are the uh, locus for God's mission in the world. We're a colony of heaven in the kingdom of or we're a colony of heaven in the, yeah, in the kingdom of death, as we've called it. The, that's a famous uh, statement regarding this world. But then in, in addition to that, um, you know, we, we realize that as the colony of heaven were to be about our father's business, part of being the household of God is that we've been called to do our father's work. And part of that work is evangelizing the world. And so we have these responsibilities to evangelize, to um, maintain, to take care of our family. All of these things come together. And that takes a lot of wisdom with like, how do you, what does that actually look like when you have actual dollars to work with, you know, and you're thinking about, okay, what do we prioritize? How do we give? And if you just think about the economics of it, like you said, let, let's imagine there are, you know, we live in a city of roughly a hundred thousand people. There's about three or 400,000 people in this general area where we live. Um, let's say of those 400,000 people, if there were only 2000 who were destitute and we were to give each of those people $100. That would be $200,000. So I mean, we could spend $200,000 and we would make very little impact, right? Because that $100 would probably do not a whole lot for those. We might help them a little bit, but that's a one-time gift. And I mean, we just spent $200,000. I mean, you can see how this quickly, it becomes a very difficult situation. And so as we read here in the, in first Timothy five, 
Paul's point is, hey, the church can do some things and we're called to do some things, but there are some things that we cannot do. Like we cannot just take care of all the needs that exist in the world. And so we need to think through how that works. Now, if we mobilize the church, you know, to take care of the people that they're connected to, then we can actually reach more people. Now, how does this work out practically? In our church, yeah, we have benevolence and uh, that's part of our budget. You know, and so we budget in benevolence from the money that people donate to our church. We give some of that and that benevolence. What that means is that that is money set aside to help with material, financial, physical needs that people in our community have. And we follow uh, Galatians six ten. So we prioritize those needs that ex arise from people in the church. People can uh, reach out to our leadership, make a request. That request goes through a process that we have you know, laid out. But another way that we do it to the community at large is through our food pantry, the Table of Hope, which is, you know, it's, uh, we just got a report about that during our town hall meeting, just how God's using it. And um, it's just fabulous. I, I love hearing the stories because what I like about how our pantry runs is that, yes, we're giving food. We're also receiving donations from some larger companies and things like that who help with food costs, et cetera, as well as from individuals in the church who support it. But, you know, if you were to come here on a Saturday morning when pantry's going on, you know what you'd see? You see a lot of people out in the foyer and they're sitting at tables. They're being provided with food assistance but they're also being prayed for. And over these past several weeks, we've seen many of these people coming to church. Um, the folks who lead it, you know, Sandy taking the, the lead position there, uh, they make it a priority to pray for people, care for their spiritual needs, not only their physical needs. So anyway, it, this idea of benevolence and how do, we, how do we manage and how do we prioritize these different things that we're called to do as a church, mandates that we have from God, that is it's always tricky. It always requires a ton of wisdom. And there will always be people who say, well, you should be doing this more. You should be doing that more. And that's why we're, we just seek the Lord and, and really try to be wise and follow the scriptures. Yeah, and I think Paul just makes a great point there. I think at the end he says, um, let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. It says... Um, and then what he's, the point he's trying to make is that there are things that the church, the family, as you talked about, the church is to take care of. That we, as a family, should not be putting everything on, on the, you know, maybe the, the budget structure of the church itself. But that we as a church, if you feel the Lord leading you to, to give or we should be doing those kind of things in our, you know, daily lives or in, in our sphere of influence, it, you don't have to call the church and say, hey, I've got somebody in my community group that needs help. You know, you should, well, just help that person in your community group. Don't put that on the church. You know, it's really interesting, going back to a message that you taught from First Timothy 3, just earlier in the same series, that one of the requirements for an elder or for a leader in the church is that they be hospitable, right? And so um, now you might be saying, well, you know, what, what does that mean? Well, you should be hospitable. To be hospitable um, and generous, I think these are characteristics of godly leaders because they reflect the heart of God. And so ideally, I think we'd like to see every person in our church meet those criteria for what a spiritual leader looks like in their morality and also in their conduct, in their, um, you know, being magnanimous and generous and, um, and hospitable. Yeah, so I just... Maybe just sum it up for our 
for our uh, listeners and viewers. So we're talking about the household of God first as we give, as we're giving, you know, support through financial support or, or, or food or those kind of, you know, first priority is, you know, the household of God, our church family. And then secondly, would maybe be the, the church at large, you know, if there's people that, you know, we serve missionaries, we serve, you know, we've had people come in with needs that we, we need to help them with this from a different church or mm-hmm. a different church group. And then, you know, thirdly, maybe just our community at large, of which we do that through our food pantry, through our benevolence ministry. I love the, that one story, the um, gentleman showed up here. Uh, it's also related to the food mm. pantry, remember? He, he walked all the way from Berthoud, yeah. His car broke down and birthed. The alternator had failed. He walked all the way to birthed to come here because he had met Sandy at our at our table of hope, and she had helped him with food at that time. And so he walked all the way in here. It's like I don't know what to do. You know, I, my car is dead in the water, and I need it. And so Jason, you know, Pastor Jason was here. He's like. All right, we'll take care of you. You know, anybody's gonna work, walk all the way from Berthoud, which how far is Berthoud? It's ten miles. It's ten miles. That's yeah. a long way to walk. Yeah. You know, to come all the way here because of the food pantry, we're like, well, we're gonna help you out. And we went, and got him his car fixed, and got him an alternator, and he came here to church. And you know, just his heart, the the testimony, his heart was just like overwhelmed. You know, so that's just one of those one of those things where it just kind of wisdom, like, you know, what do we do here? Well. At that time and that place, it was like we need to help this guy out, you know. And so, yeah. so yeah, that's no, just a, a, a beautiful thing. But it is a complicated thing. There are so many needs, and there's so many limited resources, and we have to have wisdom with those things. Um, so, just moving on to our second, you know, there's a, a whole section here where Paul's kind of talking about um, young widows, and he. You know, he talks in verse 12, he says, well, beginning verse 11, but refuse to enroll younger widows for when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry, and verse 12, and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. And then he kind of kind of gives instructions all the way through verse 16 as to what these widows need to be doing. So I just wanted to look at that. What What is Paul talking about here? So incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. It's interesting, right? Because Paul says there, first he says, don't enroll, meaning like don't put them on the payroll of the Mm -hmm. church, younger widows, lest they seek to get married and then abandon their ministry and then abandon their faith, but rather instead they should get married. So it sounds like he's worried about them getting married, but then he says they should get married. Well, clearly what he's talking about, and I think this is something that needs to be understood when we read these letters, that Paul is oftentimes addressing specific situations, but then making principles that apply universally. Um, The situation apparently had been that there had been people in the church who had been widowed, and then perhaps through loneliness, et cetera, they had gotten into relationships that drew them away from the Lord. And Paul said that that's not good. Instead, clearly, he's not anti-widows getting married again. He's definitely in favor of that. But he wants them to marry godly people who are going to encourage them in the Lord. I mean, that's clearly the point. But I think, again, as he's dealing with specific situations, he's making universal principles. And so how does that apply here? Well, in other words, it would be 
uh, unhelpful for us to look at this in a wooden way that says, well, these are rules for widows and nobody else. Well, clearly, these principles he's making apply much more broadly than widows. I mean, widows are not the only people who can have a tendency to, through idleness and lack of work, become busybodies and gossips. I mean, that can apply to men, women of any age and of any stage of life. The principle there is get yourself doing something productive and godly and you will not become a busybody, which is bad for you and other people, right? Like, um, you know, if you keep yourself busy, I mean, there's a proverb about that, right? That idleness leads to destruction in many cases because it's better to keep yourself busy with godly productive things than it is to be idle. That's just kind of a breeding ground for, for bad decisions. So clearly those principles apply broader than widows. Um, I think it would be, you know, wrong to think that, that Paul's doing anything other than, um, taking a specific situation or several specific situations and then making universal principles that apply even more broadly than widows. But clearly he's giving Timothy instruction about a particular situation. In our day and age, widows, uh, being destitute is not as much of an issue as it was back then. I'm not saying it's not an issue. I'm sure it is. But it's less of an issue than it was back then because we have more social programs, etc. There are other groups now that have risen who are really those who are at risk or who are vulnerable of being destitute. And we can make a whole list of who those people are and that's not my goal. Um, but, you know, those people exist. So these principles apply to those who are destitute in our society and in our churches and like when it comes to being busybodies and gossiping, et cetera, that applies more broadly than just female widows. That can apply to people of any age, any stage of life. And so, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think one, one of the, the aspects you hit on was the idea of relationships where we can get ourselves into relationships. And I, you've probably seen this many times where, yeah, there's that idea of loneliness. And it's not only for women is for men as well where you get yourself into a relationship because you're a lonely person you know you don't want to you want to get married and Mm -hmm. you know that kind of takes you away from the ministry that you were committed to gets you into an unhealthy relationship Mm -hmm. and 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 you know it can cause condemnation you know you know you end up abandoning what you were you know god had called you to for something that ends up you know I mean, of course, people, as he said, Paul says they should get married. We want people to get married. And I think you talked about that on Sunday as well. But there's that unhealthy thing where that becomes the focus. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is like, I'll take care of that. You take care of, you know, yeah. being part of the faith, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have seen that many times. And, um, yeah, this is a good warning for people who are who are lonely. I mean, whatever the cause of your loneliness might be is that, hey, in your loneliness, be careful that you don't get into a relationship that's going to draw you away from your relationship with God, draw you away from the family of God. Um, that's a vulnerable place to be in, and, and those are the times when you need to be careful. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so much practical advice, you know, that Paul gives. You don't realize how much, you know, he's just speaking to the everyday details, you know, of how a church is run and from the financial, bene- you know, benevolence ideas to the ideas of taking care of widows and just things that you don't even really would think about today, but you know those great overreaching principles that you've you've talked about, and so so that's just a lot for us to take away from this week. You know, just 
as we discussed the ideas of of you know just kind of church economics it's like there's so, you know limited resources but so much that we would like to do but god's called us as a family and we're all part of that process and maybe god's laid that on your heart to just you know this is a word to you right now that god's calling you to give to somebody right now to take care of their need or to reach out to them or any of those kind of things and so do that don't don't wait you know it's, hit pause on the video and go and take care of that, you know, and, and just things for, for us as in relationships and, and, and those kind of things as well. Just so much to take away. And if that's you, you've got so much to meditate on and, and learn from this particular passage. And so we're just looking forward to going on next week. We're going to head into verse 17 and looking at the elders of the church and, and muzzling oxes and all those kind of things. And, and, uh, you'll get to, 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 partake of that next week as we, we take care of that in the sermon extra so uh, don't forget to subscribe and all that fun stuff whitefieldschurch.com and we'll see you again God bless